Tuesdays for Hope with New Directions right now on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. It is 9.35 on the Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers. It is Tuesday morning, May 24th. You heard the intro. It is time for Tuesdays for Hope with New Directions. And joining us right now is Elizabeth Schleter. 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 (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) I got it right every other time. Wait, just wait. She'll blame me. You know what my favorite <laughs> At least party I game is? I didn't call you Meef. Get people yes. to pronounce my name who don't know me. I seriously have started doing that at parties. <laughs> so Same, you know, here's my name. Here's how it's spelled. Try and say it and go around. Is this and your husband's fault? Yeah. Yeah. You probably had a real simple one before, right? Turner. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Figures, right? Yeah. It's so, okay. He's worth it. So, aw. <laughs> Aw, well, uh, welcome back to the show. You brought a lovely guest today. I did. He's back. He's back. We have with us Charles <laughs> Knuckles. Yes. Another member of our board of directors and an author. Yes, and we were talking about this book, uh, Charles. Now, Charles, you're on the board with, with New Directions, and you are also, um, you know, someone who has uh, gone through this whole thing full circle, um, being homeless and finding your way out and being found as well, and you told told us that story once before. Maybe you want to kind of give us a synopsis of yeah. of your path. Yeah, here's a little highlight of my low light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was um, orphaned at two years old, and I went through a series of foster homes in a very poor neighborhood. So, it was very very tough, and. I was so hungry. I used to eat mm. off the floor and out of trash cans. And I was telling Elizabeth today that we, my sister and I went to the orphanage and we read our records and it, it said that Charles and Nellie's legs still wobble when they walk hmm. from malnutrition. Wow. But, um, you know, um, I was really, really blessed because that did not make me bitter. It kind of made me better. Mm. And so uh, I grew up, and and I love helping people. I love serving people. And um, I never want to see anyone go hungry. That's one of the reasons why I love New Directions. Mm. They feed so many meals every week to people that otherwise would be hungry. People that was like me, when I first got connected with a homeless shelter, it was because of the meals. I came because I was hungry. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and I tried to well, eat that, everything. You know, that's uh, oftentimes we talk about um, opportunities to make that connection. Yes. And by providing the meals, something that your body needs, your spirit actually gets fed for everybody involved, even the people volunteering. That is exactly right. I came for the meals and I found a new life. Mm-hmm. You know, I found a new direction. Yeah, And um, I was just so blessed because I used to come in and I thought that I was like um, on a Mission Impossible. I even had the theme music going <laughs> in my head and I used to find every angle to get more food. And I was on a mission to get more food, more <laughs> food. And I thought that I was like doing something wrong. Mm. But they actually wanted me to have the food, you know, mm-hmm. go figure and so, I, you know, I ended up meeting the director at that facility. And when we met, I, um, I had just um, been shot in the head mm-hmm. and tried to commit suicide. And I walked in, and I was dirty. I was stinky. And nobody really wanted me around. But 
this guy came out and saw me, and he came down and gave me a hug. Mm. And it just surprised me. It threw me way off my game because, remember, uh, as a homeless person, I was suspicious of everything, and everybody had to have a motive. But the only motive this guy had was to help me. Mm-hmm. Was he someone who went through the cycle himself? No, he never went through the cycle mm. himself. He was just a good Christian missionary. Mm-hmm. He ended up going to another um, nonprofit. And I ended up taking his job, actually. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And so you were able, to, once again, and we've talked about this, and now you're paying it forward. I am paying it forward. Um, I um, got my tenure in California, in San Jose, working as the director of rescue and recovery for one of the largest missions out there that did homelessness. We did shelters. We did uh, recovery. And we fed um, 400 meals a day. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up uh, retiring from there and moving here. Well, Charles Knuckles is who we're speaking with. He is now an author of a book named Made Clean, the true story of a man's spiritual awakening from the oppressive grip of destitution and addiction, uh, now available on Amazon.com. I put a link on our Facebook page. What um, what gave you that spiritual awakening? And what do you mean by destitution and addiction having such a grip on you? Well, I... I um... I started drinking um, after, right after Martin Luther King got shot. I, I realized that um, that um, I didn't have a great future, and I took my first drink and became immediately an alcoholic. And I went from marching in protests, marching with Martin Luther King, to um, drinking. Um, too much and living mm-hmm. in abandoned buildings and things like that. And that lasted a lot of years. It lasted over 30 years. Wow. And I should have died. But um, but when people came to my rescue, that's what made I'm I'm a strong Christian. I love Christ. But um, I think that he sends people. Mm-hmm. He equips and sends people. And people came to my rescue. People that... Um, in my mind, had no business caring about me, but they did. And mm. that's what makes me care about people because it was done for me. It was modeled for me. And so it's a thing that I have to do. It became a integral part of me. You know, Charles, uh, hearing you speak, there are so many times that uh, people may say, well, I tried to help this person and I tried to help that person. And they just keep falling and falling and falling and falling. Um and it kind of sounds like that was happening to you, that multiple people were trying to help you. What was it in you? I mean, not even a bullet in your head mm-hmm. stopped you. You left that hospital. I remember you telling yeah. us a story, and you went back looking for the drugs. I got high the same day I got shot in the head. And, I mean, you left the hospital. They didn't want you to leave the hospital. So my question becomes, you know, everybody's, um, you know, rock bottom is different. Yes, and so that's why people have to keep trying yes. to help. Well, the fact that people didn't give up on me, mm-hmm. that's what changed me. You know, um, this guy hugged me and mm-hmm. he told me, we've been waiting for you. And I was like, 
who is this we? Mm. And later on, I found out that it was all kinds of people, like the volunteers at New Directions that, that come and feed meals and say, um, God bless you, and they mm. give you the tray or say um, different inspirational things to you. Or one day, a guy came into the homeless shelter, and he started talking about his journey. And then for the first time, I realized that I could have this journey. Mm -hmm. And that's why I go back and I talk about my journey. And and I always give the men affirmations how, because how many times do you get affirmations when you're homeless? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Or a hug. Yeah, that hug. yeah. Um, we're speaking with uh, Charles Knuckles. He is a uh, an author of a book, Made Clean, also on the board of New Directions of Horry County. Now, I wanted to to ask you, uh, Charles, who should be reading this book? I think everybody should be reading this book. Um, when it first came out, I had many friends that um, had nothing to do with homelessness or addiction. As a matter of fact, they were quite well off. And they read the book, and they said, I needed to read this book. And so people that are um, just having ordinary lives need to read this book. People that are struggling need to read this book because we're all interconnected, and we do better when we help each other. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, Elizabeth, you said you just started reading it. How yes. far along are you? I am to the point. So I'm still in Charles's childhood. Okay. And I, it's so cool. This is the only time I've ever read a book where I hear the author's voice ah. as I'm reading it. So I can hear as if Charles were reading it to me, That's which that's is fun. so cool. And kind of um, jumping on what he just said, I, in the preface, I kind of wrote a quote that I thought was really neat and relates a lot to what we, we do because I'm an ordinary person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we're all ordinary. Well, you but, think you're ordinary. Well, I don't think you're ordinary. No, no, no. In the but sense I know that what you mean. I haven't been through the cycle of homelessness. I haven't right. been through the cycle of poverty. I grew up, you know, in a white middle class upbringing, mm-hmm. pretty quote unquote normal. And so I have empathy or I, you know, sympathize with a lot of people, but I cannot feel what they've been through. Did mm-hmm. I get the right? It's empathy, yeah. sympathy. But in the preface, one of the things I wrote down that I thought was so cool, um, Charles wrote, you don't have to be homeless. Many people live in mansions, but are have homeless hearts. You don't have to be addicted hmm. to drugs or alcohol. Many people are addicted to other things that they haven't been paying attention to. God has long since laid out the path, even if you have yet to do the footwork. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like everybody needs to read yeah. this book. So I'm still kind of in the the downward. You're having you know, all these epiphanies the, popping up. The rock up. bottom yeah. part of the book, you mm-hmm. know, going reading some of the trauma that he's been through. But it's been really good so far, and I cannot put it down. Yeah, well, I can't wait to read it. Now, Charles, I, I have to, you know, just dovetailing and what Elizabeth just said, um, there are many times where people can be in relationships. And I think like the, the, um, the most lonely you can feel is when there are so many people around you that is and correct. you don't feel anything. And that I'd rather be alone and not feel lonely because you have, you know, Jesus in your heart and you yes. have people, you know, that love you. Um, but if you're in a, in a situation where you're around a whole bunch of people, Mm-hmm. That that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. And, it, you know, it's sad that's the way it is today. But 
that is the way it is today. And the book actually connects a lot of people that otherwise would have been alone. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I think when people recommend a book, they tell their story. But I haven't, I think most of the people that recommended the book are people that have not experienced homelessness, Mm -hmm. you know, and it has helped them. And I think it does help everyone. I think it helps us all, and we all need to put in the footwork because you you can't um, bounce back until you hit rock bottom. But who wants to hit rock bottom? Mm-hmm. You don't have to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. to bounce back. You know, so writing the book was really excellent fun. But I got to tell you, the first part of the book is kind of like a Debbie Downer. It talks about all the bad things that happened to me. But it also has highlights how I survived them as well. Mm -hmm. The second half of the book tells different techniques on how to help people. Now, as a licensed counselor, I have charged people up to $200 an hour to work for them. Mm. You know, and... I gladly take the $200, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was your job. (laughs) It was my job. Yeah, so um, certain corporations hired me, like when they were having trouble with their employees, um, um, not performing well because they were getting drunk overnight Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I'd straighten that out. Interesting. Yeah. I should hire you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good now. Yeah, but go yeah. ahead. Are you, talk, are you talking about me or the no. other place? <laughs> <laughs> Kidding me? <laughs> Nikki is pretty stable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can understand that because there is um, there's a lot of stress yes. that people are going through and the anxiety level. And the availability of of different options to self-medicate is just, it's so readily available that yes. it's so easy to take that first drink or that first hit or whatever it is. Uh, does it worry you when you see um, decriminalization of certain drugs like marijuana in certain areas? Uh, and the reason why I'm asking is because I, my uh, friend of mine that, you know, we all grew up our children together yes. up in New York and she's struggling now and her first two sons are well, like the ages of my my kids, and now the youngest one is growing up in this new decriminalized uh, mm-hmm. marijuana stage. And she says he failed out of college. He's you know always getting high, and she doesn't know what to do now. Yes. It's like the new. It's the new beer. I worked with a family down in Santa Barbara, and the lady was um, she was old school, and she had had enough, and so she told her. Uh, son that she was going to hang his marijuana, his legal marijuana thing on the wall in place of where his college degree would <laughs> There you go. Yes, it does. It does affect wow. us as a nation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's hard to be competitive when you're high. So on the world stage, we are a target because everybody knows the appetites of Americans getting high. Mm. And so China's capitalizing on it. Russia's capitalizing on it. Afghanistan is capitalizing on it. Mm. And it's weakening us as a nation. So, And I think it's purposeful. I mean, that's yeah. a whole other story. Yes. But I really do think it's a way that we're getting sabotaged to make us as unproductive as possible. Yes. And um, I mean, but your story 
what do you want people to know? What is like the most important nugget? Um, if someone were to say, I follow what Charles Knuckles is saying because he gave me what kind of information? What is the most important thing that people need to know? So I've done just about every nasty thing you can do and did every nasty drug. But I got to tell you, the best um, and most foolish joy that I've ever had mm. was helping another person. <laughs> and I think that it's so fulfilling. And we're missing out on that, you know. And yes, it's hard to do. Because you can't just walk up to someone on the street and say, I'd like to help you. Mm -hmm. But you could come in through an organization like New Directions and let the professionals guide you in how to help. And so I think once you help, you will feel something that you need to feel and that you will enjoy feeling. You know, and it's better than anything else that I've ever felt. That's why I've dedicated my life. I retired quite a few years ago, mm -hmm. but I'm still working, you know, and I'm not working for $200 an hour. Mm -hmm. I'm working for free, and I get more joy. Mm. You're working than, for God. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and he's free. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Now, um, Charles, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, you were talking about in the second half of the book, you give people um, ways to help. Can yes. you give an example? Yes. So um, I was at the top of my field clinically, and I studied for many, many years. And everything that all the um, therapeutic modalities that were really successful, when I looked at the core of them, I saw God. Mm. And so I think that it doesn't take a huge uh, amount of study or a great amount of degrees I think that we can help people just by being generous, kind, loving. And I think that um, that brings joy. Mm. Yeah. To everybody. Yes. And it, and it really helps heal a community, too, because we have such a we have so much going on, not only here, mm -hmm. um, but around the country right now. And homelessness has really come to the forefront. Yes. Do you have solutions for that? Absolutely. Well, I think among our homeless um, neighbors is a hidden army of um, um, waiting to be employed. I think there's a hidden workforce there that can make America um, great again. And I think if we get people educated and working, I mean, work changes things. I mean, mm. like people weren't meant to just lay around. People were meant to work. And once they get into a rhythm of that, like at New Directions, um, it changes things for good. Mm. Um, I've had people come to me, and after I send them another a number of, um, of, our, of our homeless guests that have been retrained, and, and they would say, you got any more of those guys? <laughs> Exactly That's right. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, Charles Knuckles, he's the author of Made Clean, the true story of a man's spiritual awakening from the oppressive grip of destitution and addiction. It has a lot of solutions in it. Um, and I love that part of it. And you're also working on your next book. Yes, I am. Whoa. What is that one going to be about? 
It's called Property Line, and it's a um, fictional account about true events in America. Okay. Yeah. All right. And is it a, is it a, like what's the main premise of it? Um, the main premise of the book is that people will come together and do um, the right thing if there is a um, a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, a common a, mission. A common mission. And we do. We do. We, we Americans come together. We do. And we are a force to be reckoned with. We certainly are. We <laughs> certainly are. And so are you, Charles. So thank, you, uh, thank you for all that you do, Charles Knuckles. Find the, uh, the link on Amazon or on our Facebook page. Elizabeth Schleter, thank you so much for joining us and bringing Charles. Thank you, Liz. All right. I want a full book report next week. Oh, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. This is WTKN. Merle's